You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Hello, I'm Stephanie Ruff. And I'm Aviva Nabeski. We're the hosts of the Dressage Today podcast, where you can find us talking about anything and everything dressage related. Our conversations span the world of dressage from leading riders to local level dressage heroes. We're talking training advice, showing tips, and sharing stories to inspire your own dressage journey. So tune in, then tack up. Welcome to the Dressage Today podcast, sponsored by Spalding Labs. Welcome to 2024. This is our first podcast of the year. Yay! (laughs) And um, later on, we are going to be talking to an equine nutritionist and physiologist, Dr. Deborah Powell, uh, who, full disclosure, I have known for, as we figured out, over 30 years as we were in graduate school together. So we go way back. (laughs) Um, But before we get to her conversation, I actually, we are recording this on Friday, January 19th. And earlier this week, I was down at the Adequan USDF FEI level trainers conference, which is a mouthful. Yeah. but that was uh, over outside of Wellington. Bragging, and, uh, bragging, bragging. Yeah, bragging. I, was, I, got, I got to go because we filmed it, um, which was wonderful. So it was another one of those great opportunities that I got to go see something that I otherwise wouldn't because I am not an FEI level trainer. <laughs> um, so I got to sit in and watch Sabine Shoot Carey and Sven Rothenberger uh, teach some lovely horses and riders over two days. And it was pretty nice. It was pretty fantastic. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm so je- I am so jealous. I have seen I a lot of things on Facebook. People have been posting what they learned and it yeah. sounds like just an amazing, amazing opportunity. Yeah. There were lots of people that were posting notes. I was like, oh, good for them. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was very good. And it was it was a very, very positive teaching experience, which was, you know, going on at the same time that social media was blowing up over the whole um Katie Prudeau, USEF teaching which, thing. Which I fortunately missed completely, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, I don't know how you did. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. No, but no, we're not. I, I was just going to say, you know, just the, the point I wanted to say is that it was two days of very positive, very upbeat, really good um, coaching and words of wisdom and instruction and stuff. And you could, you could actually, you could see in a lot of the horses improvement just over from day one to day two. Um, so it was, it was very nice to see. So if you got to go, that's, you know, good for you. If you didn't, yeah, check out, there are a lot of people that were posting notes. Um, yeah, and it on- sounds like a lot of what, I mean, we always say this, but it is just something that we need to hammer home. It's all about the basics. It, you know, it is the, the, it, the tricks come from the basics yep. and getting a horse that's, you know, in front of the leg and supple and through and soften the connection and you can do anything. The yeah. harmony really matters. Yeah, it really does. And that was and, you know, if there was a theme with with both of them, that probably was because they really did focus a lot on some of those basics, seemingly very simple things that then on the second day, then when they maybe did some of the quote unquote tricks and stuff, they were effortless. Mm-hmm. Um, because because they had focused on some of that really simple, straightforward stuff that <laughs> that we never seem to do enough of, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that we just, it, it's always just where you have to start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And a lot of, it was very well attended. There were over 300 people there again, most of whom came from parts of the country that were much, much colder than, than where <laughs> we were. It actually was pretty decent weather. It was, um, for us, it rained once for maybe 10 minutes and that was it. Um, nice. but other than that, it was, yeah. So it was, it was lovely. And you and, were, uh, you were videotaping, which means that it is going it, to be on Equestrian Plus. It will. It will be on our new 
platform Equestrian Plus, which Super. is now the home of Dressage Today on Demand. So yeah, it will be available sometime coming up in the next few months. So yeah, if you weren't able to be there and you are a subscriber, you will be able to watch it there. We have a new Ask the L question for you, Aviva. Okay. Make it <laughs> a good one. Okay, I will. It comes from Allison. And her question is, in first level, can you switch between sitting trot and rising trot? Absolutely, you can, Allison. Well, that's an easy answer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so you like that? <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's a good question because one of the things that I get asked a lot is if I start out posting, do I have to stay posting? If I start right. out sitting, do I have to stay sitting? And, you know, if you read it, it says you can rise or sit at first level. Um, it's optional. And what I say to riders is um, people sit for specific reasons. They sit because it helps them get their horses more through. It helps them get a little bit more engagement. It helps them with connection. Um, and if you have a good seat and you can sit, then sit. But if you start to lose the throughness, if your horse starts to get tight in the back, go to rising because that's sort of what rising is about. It's opening right. up the back and letting the horse come more through. So a lot of times I see at first level, people sit the entire test, but they rise for the lengthenings. That's fine. Um, the biggest thing is be sure that your seat is not interfering with your horse's ability to come through mm -hmm. um, if you're sitting. If you cannot sit your horse's trot, you will not impress the judge by bouncing. Right. So don't. So if you have the option to rise, for, for most of us amateurs, um, rising is probably a better option than sitting. Unless you have a really comfortable horse or your horse is really <laughs> nicely through or unless you have a really good seat, yeah. impress the judge by making your horse comfortable by rising and letting your horse come up and through. Right. So that's my answer. You don't get bonus points. You don't get bonus points You do not get bonus points. No. And, you know, there is this new proposal that, you know, up through fourth level being able to rise for the medium and extended gates. And, right. the, you know, the reasoning behind that is that, you know, we are pounding on our horses' backs because we're not able to sit those movements comfortably. And rather than abusing our horses, let's make them more comfortable. Right. You know, back when I started riding in dressage, you had to sit at first level. And it was, yeah. you know, it was a really big deal when first level went to, you know, rising optional. It was. Um, yep. And I would say that almost everybody I knew back then moved up from training level to first level because at that point they could <laughs> rise because they couldn't they couldn't sit through a whole test. Right. You know, six minutes of sitting is a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Do what's right for your horse. There you go. And That's you can bounce back and forth as much as you want, as long as you're not interfering with your horse's balance. Right. Right. Okay. Good answer. Right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and when we come back, we'll have our conversation with Dr. Deborah Powell. Can't wait. Stop the kicking, stomping, and tail swishing this fly season with fly predators. By killing flies before they hatch, Fly predators dramatically minimize your fly problem, saving you and your horse from battling them all season long. Take it from our 23,000 plus five-star reviews. Fly predators are the effective natural fly control that works. Learn more about fly predators and other Spalding Labs fly control solutions at spaldinglabs.com. Dr. Deborah Powell is a native of Charleston, South Carolina. In 1984, she obtained a bachelor's degree from Hampton University. In 1992, a master's degree from the University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana. And 1999, her PhD from the University of Kentucky, all with an emphasis in equine exercise physiology and nutrition. She has been an active member of the equine industry and academia for over 20 years. She was an equine researcher and farm manager at the University of Kentucky, an associate professor at Ohio State University Agricultural Technical Institute, where she was also the first African-American faculty member. She also taught at St. Mary of the Woods College and Hawking College. 
Throughout her career, Dr. Powell has been an advocate for the promotion and increased diversity inclusion of minorities within the equine industry. Because of her passion for animal welfare goes beyond traditional medicine. Since 1999, Dr. Powell has owned and operated Powell Equine Canine Therapy Services, a business that specializes in non-invasive therapies and nutritional consulting for equine and canine family members. This business allows her to work with local, national, and international clients. She has had two opportunities to work on horses at the Summer Olympic Games, once in Atlanta and the other in London. She hopes to return as one of the equine physiotherapists for the Olympic Games this year in Paris. Dr. Powell believes in providing scientifically proven methods of alternative therapies for the benefit of the equine and canine family members. Thank you, Dr. Powell, for joining us today on the Dressage Today podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I know. Well, we're excited to have you and to learn lots of new things. And um, you have your own business. I correct? do. Yes, do. I do. Can you tell us a little bit about that, what it is, what you do, and just kind of hit the, hit the highlights there? Well, sure. Um, I own a complimentary therapy service. Um, so what that means is uh, my focus is providing uh, body-based therapy. So that includes massage, stretching, um, body adjustments. Um, I do electrical stimulation, electromagnetic work, uh, therapeutic ultrasound, therapeutic laser, uh, kinesio taping, um, and some acupressure, acupressure, acupuncture um, work. So, um, and then I also do some nutritional consulting uh, a- as well. And it's it's all mobile, so it's a mobile um, operation. And I I go to the client. Yeah. So yeah, that's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It, it it started off with just when I started this, it was just massage and stretching. Um, and as I became more educated in the other uh, modalities, I would add them in as I as I saw fit. So. Right. So when you've got a horse, when when someone, a potential client or an existing client, whatever, calls you and wants you to um, come work on your horse, when you when when you do that, what do you do? Do you evaluate the horse, and how do you go about determining with all of those tools in your toolbox which ones to use and what would be the most effective? Yeah. Um, so when I get a call, usually the client sort of gives me a very short version of what's going on with the horse. Um, and we make an appointment and I come out and I just try to get a full history. So um, that includes your basic. So age, what they use the horse for. How long have they owned the horse? Do other people ride that horse? Um, where does the horse hang out during the day? Is it stalled? Does it have a pasture? Does it have pasture mates? Um, is the horse on any medication um, that would be prescribed if it was prescribed by a veterinarian or if it's just supplements? Um, I also ask about the daily routine that they go through uh, with the horse. Um, and then once I get all of that information, and usually while, while they're telling me all that, I'm observing the horse as well. And I like to see uh, the horse move freely, preferably. So if the horse is out in its paddock or, or stall or, or anything where it's not you know, we don't have a halter on, you're not holding it. So I can just see how the horse horse moves, what the horse's attitude is, that sort of thing. And then I usually ask the owner, okay, can you walk the horse for me? Um, and then uh, the final part is I ask the owner, can you ride the horse for me? Because a lot of the issues that maybe they're talking about can only be see- seen um, when they're seated. So the horse mm-hmm. might not show it if they're 
if the person isn't writing them. Right. Yeah. So after I gather all of that, um, then I go over the horse and I have a routine. Um, and I always sort of start at the horse's head and I work through from head to, to tail. And I always start on the, on the right side. There's no particular rhyme or reason why, but I always seem to start on the right side of the horse, work my way over to the left side so that I don't miss anything. And, and I, and I do that with every single horse regardless of what the owner's telling me is the issues. I have, I have owners that say, oh, you know, he's having some problems on his hind end. And then they are puzzled. Why are you, why are you working on the horse's head? So, and then I have to explain, I, I need to see the whole picture um, of the horse because a lot of times if we just focus on what the owner is saying, we might miss something because that might just be compensatory, right? right? So if horses have four legs and they can compensate for a very long time before we realize it. Um, and uh, so after I, after I do all that, I'll go over the horse and then I will uh, tell the owner what I have found based on what the horse's responses are telling me. Um, and then we'll sit down and we'll discuss what I think um, are going to be the best options for the horse. And it it's, um, comes out to be, it's a cost thing um, <laughs> a lot of times for the sure. owners. Um, and so, you know, I might give them the Cadillac option uh, or their Mercedes Benz option, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and then I said, you know, and then we can work our way down with what I think they're, they're comfortable with and what I think is going to be beneficial for the horse. So, um, each modality that I use, um, is going to offer something different for, uh, for the horse. So, um, for example, maybe, the the issues were just strictly once I do the evaluation, maybe it's strictly um, musculature and uh, maybe it's just the superficial muscles. Um, and so with that, I'll just usually just uh, say, let's just do a full body massage yeah. and uh, on this uh, on this horse and see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. a lo- if it's uh, might be a horse that um, has never had any body work at all. And so a lot of times that just that whole session is just an introductory session. And just so that I can get comfortable with the horse and the horse can get comfortable with me. Um, mm-hmm. And we may not even do anything. And I tell the owner, I said, let's reschedule for me to come back now that the horse is used to me touching them and moving them around. Um, and then we'll start over with that. But usually that's my, you know, that's my scenario every every single time regardless you know regardless it's the same I go through the same thing every single time so that way I don't I don't miss anything right um, with that and it sounds like you you feel that certain kinds of modalities address certain issues better which has I'm very curious about because I've had so many modalities on my horses over the years and you know like when do you decide to do acupuncture versus chiro versus electroacupuncture versus you know therapeutic ultrasound versus massage right yeah is so, that too hard a question to answer <laughs> no no yeah because you, it, it's it's not too hard of a question uh, it's not too hard of a question to answer um so all of the modalities um, work something, some portion of the horse's body. So massage is a physical contact. Um, and depending on um, how deep a massage you're doing or how fast a massage or how slow a massage you're doing, um, you're there to it might just be to improve the circulation because you're going to generate some heat with massage. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're physically touching the animal. You're going to generate some heat and heat uh, is going to transfer to those, to the surface superficial. It's not going to go deep, very deep at all. And it's going to increase surface circulation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Massage can also uh, get to the superficial 
connective tissue. So maybe the horse might have an old injury. I get a lot of those um, once they've gone through the whole spectrum of medications and nothing's happened. And then I find it's an old injury that has scar tissue in there that might be preventing the horse from actually um, going into its full range of motion. So, you know, then massage is still a good option if I can get to that uh, connective tissue and just sort of start trying to pull it apart a little bit um, and disconnect it Mm -hmm. um, per se um, from where it, it has attached. So in those cases, massage is good, but we have to have to remember the horse has got to be uh, willing to accept me actually putting my hands on. I don't use any uh, tools with massage. It's strictly my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, if I can't get to it with my hands, um, then massage is not going to be the way to go because it, uh, Horses, and most people don't realize, it's really quite easy if you do something too forceful on a horse, even though they may be stoic and not tell you, you can very easily bruise them. And we don't see that because they're covered, right? So (laughs) they don't see their skin. So we can't see that, oh my gosh, this, you know, we've got some superficial bruising or we may have some muscular bruising on there. And it it might be because somebody did was too aggressive with their massage techniques. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I don't add any type of um, other implements other than my hands when I'm massaging a horse. Mm-hmm. So um, if uh, I use electrical stimulation on horses um, that may have had a really bad, uh, for instance, episode with um, some type of injury, let's say APM, and maybe they have some muscle wasting. And so electrical stimulation is really good to um, start the uh, atrophied muscles back. And then, then so they'll just, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put that on them um, and start working that back with electrical stimulation. Electrical stimulation also is really good um, at um, healing or trying to heal bones that um, for some reason did not get completely healed. Interesting. Um, and so uh, electrical stimulation actually does help uh, bring some of those osteocytes into that uh, non-union is what the what the veterinarians will call it. So that non-union piece of, of bone that maybe did not uh, completely um, finish healing in there. So it's really good for that remembering that it's got to be something that we can reach, right? So since I'm talking about bone, it's going to be the lower leg. Yeah. So when we're talking about bone, uh, bone work or anything like that, Um, electrical stimulation too, if you're using it, you have to know where you're attaching your electrodes. So you've got to, you've got to know the muscle anatomy. You've got to know where it starts. You've got to know where it ends. Yeah. So if I'm specifically, if I just want to focus on one particular muscle, I need to um, have an idea of where that muscle's insertion is um, and where it originated from. If that's all I want to stimulate is that particular muscle. So that's what I would use electrical stimulation for. The therapeutic ultrasound and the therapeutic lasers, um, they do kind of the same thing with different methods. So the ultrasound, uh, we've got sound waves that are going through there. Um, And with those sound waves, it's actually causing um, minute movement of whatever your probe is in contact with. It can't go very deep. Um, So usually I use the ultrasound on the lower limbs. Um, and I may use it across the top line um, just to get the superficial. So maybe it's a superficial uh, ligament. Uh, let's say that so the top line, you've got your supraspinatus ligament along the top line um, of the horse, right? So your 
your nuchal ligament changes its name into the supraspinous ligament, but that's the same ligament that runs all the way along the top line of the horse. And sometimes that ligament can get um, stressed. Um, it can um, have just some minor, may not have any tears, but it may have some pulls. Um, mm -hmm. Could be from a bad saddle fit or or somebody working a horse uh, before it's ready. Um, so I'll put the therapeutic ultrasound on those areas because um, with the movement of the ultrasound, it actually helps stimulate collagen production. Um, so collagen is necessary for ligaments and tendons. So where I can reach ligaments and tendons, uh, so the lower leg and the top portion of the back, if I suspect um, that that is the issue, I'll put the ultrasound um, on that. And, and a lot of times, too, it helps me um, if, they've, if they have had a veterinarian already um, do, uh, say, uh, an ultrasound, um, medical ultrasound, not a therapeutic ultrasound, mm -hmm. so with a picture. So, so that you I can, can see target. what you're, yeah. I need to target that area. So if, yeah. they, so if they said, yeah, you know, this, this horse had a suspensory injury and like, and I can see the ultrasound picture, um, then I can target that area on the suspensory because we want to put back the original collagen that, that, uh, ligament might have been disrupted. So if we with the ultrasound that does that, if we leave it to um, Mother Nature and just rest and turn out, sometimes we won't get uh, true collagen forming in that damaged area. What we'll get is fibrous connective tissue. Mm. And so fibrous connective tissue is not stretchy. It's not strong. So usually those horses just end up re-injuring that same area over and over again. Mm -hmm. So um, that would be the ultrasound laser sort of does the same thing, except it's doing it with uh, light, light at different wavelengths. Um, so I might use the laser and I, I most of the time I use the laser just to start the healing process. So if, if the horse has has um, a, an injury that's only, you know, a few days a few days old, a few hours old, I'll put the laser on it just to start those metabolites coming to that site to start the healing process. So the laser, just like the ultrasound, it doesn't go very deep um, because as soon as it hits the skin, and of course it's got to go through the hair before it gets to the skin, those beams of light are going to scatter and you're not going to get uh, the results that you would get as if you would put it on, you know, our, our skin, right? Mm -hmm. So I only use the lasers uh, on superficial things. Um, we know that the laser um, helps with endorphin release. So on the lower limb, I might put the laser on just for pain relief. Um, it's pretty, it's a pretty immediate thing that you see when you have the laser on like that. Um, it's, Lasting effect is probably, you know, you might get 48 hours of pain relief um, with that. But that might be 48 hours where you don't have to use so much butte, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. you sort of cut back on your medication. Not, I'm not replacing it by any means, but maybe you don't have to use so much um, for that. Um, so where are we? Let's see. We did massage, <laughs> electrical stimulation. Uh, <laughs> Ultrasound, laser um, adjustments. Um, usually, when I do a massage on a horse, if I feel something um, out of place um, while I'm massaging, I'll help work that back in place. So, the way that I work is I loosen up the connective tissue surrounding that bone and allow that bone to fall back into its original placement. So mm -hmm. um, regardless what people say, you, you, can't, you cannot physically manipulate bone in an adult horse. It's impossible. 
Uh, you might be able to do it in a foal because everything is still soft and pliable, but an adult mm-hmm. horse, it's it's really is not. Um, it's not. <laughs> it really isn't possible. So what you're really actually doing is just manipulating the soft tissue surrounding that bone and hopefully allowing that bone to fall into fall into place. Right. Um, and so. When I do that, along with the massages, um, you get a better hold. Um, if you don't do that and you try to shift uh, those those skeletal bones uh, back in alignment, they usually don't hold and they'll slip right back out because you haven't really attacked the true problem um, if it's a muscular problem surrounding that bone, if, if that makes sense. Yep, absolutely. So, um, I do use a lot of um, electromagnetic work. Um, again, that uh, helps with circulation. So um, the the higher the intensity, um, the more current that that flows through your mag- through your electromagnet. Um, the more uh, strength is generated. And so then the better the flow is that you're going to get um, in the area that your electromagnet um, machine is in contact with. So um, a lot of times I use that for increasing circulation um, as well. So let me see. What have I, what have I skipped on? Um, the kinesio taping, mm-hmm. yes. Um, kinesio taping is, an and you art- know, I've done all of these, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So kinesio taping is a, is an art form, I guess I should say. So in order for it to work, you have to know what you're trying to get it to do. Um, so. Could you say that again for the people in the back row? Oh. <laughs> yeah, so in order, in, order, in order for it to work, you have to, you have to understand and know what you actually want it to do. You don't yeah. just want it on the horse to look pretty because they come in all kinds of colors. Yeah. And um, so you need to know what you want it to do. And it's only going to work superficially. Um, so it's not going to work on the deep muscles. Uh, it's going to work on the superficial muscles. So I use, uh, a lot of the tape on the lower limb. Um, I use, I use it for, to help horses that are recovering from, um, suspensory injuries, um, because it's, it really is good at supporting uh, supporting the leg if you tape it, if you tape it correctly. So that way you don't have to wrap the horse's leg up. Um, the horse still can have some, uh, movement, um, right. Excuse me, range of motion, um, with the taping. Um, I also do some taping over the back, uh, loin area, um, depending on if the horse is sore or weak on one side. So um, I might want to tape it so that the horse, when the horse moves and it feels the tape, it's going to encourage him or her to use that particular side, if, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um I have not found, and I know I've seen a lot of it, but I have not found a lot of success, usefulness of taping large muscles, um, simply because what you're what you're actually working with when you try to tape those large muscles, like for instance, the gluteals um, over the back end, over the rump is you're you're lifting the skin um and so 
with that, you're not necessarily activating uh, you're activating the muscles more so than just lifting the skin. And you might just be doing some micro massage on the skin area and not necessarily um, during the entire muscle, which might be what your thought mm-hmm. process is, if that, right. if that makes sense. So I don't, I don't, for that reason, I don't do a lot of kinesio taping of large muscles um, because I haven't seen um, success with that Mm -hmm. um with that at all so it's 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 the lower limb i've seen success with um it's the back that i have seen some success with with the taping um and and it's you know the taping if if it'll hold for an hour (laughs) you're 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 good um uh, so um, and then you'll have to come back and, and, and retape it. So it's, it's, that's a, that's an art form. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, uh, I don't go beyond what I think it will do. <laughs> Put Makes it sense. that way. Yeah. I see so many people who just sort of indiscriminately use it. Yeah. Cause I think it looks pretty. <laughs> well, I think people think they're doing something. Yeah. And, and. You know, a lot, the taping, a lot of the taping um, historically was used as a distraction. So let's tape here so we can work on this. And um, I think the the kinesio taping really sort of took off from the human side with the human athletes um, Mm -hmm. uh, doing it. But horses are not people, you know, they're, they're... (laughs) Their bodies are not the same. Now, maybe we can probably get a, a, a better handle and a better hold if we body shave the horse and remove right. all the hair yeah. down to the skin. Uh, yeah, then that, that might actually be fine. But we can't, you know, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, I think it's a futile, in my opinion, it's a futile effort for doing it. And I've been, I've been doing this since 99 and, uh, and I don't, I don't do a lot. I have, I have clients said, well, can we tape him? And I said, well, it really is not going to help him, um, in my opinion. Um, but if you want to tape them, you can go and buy the tape and you can tape them. I said, but I'm not going to tape him. So, um, yeah, (laughs) that's, that's. Um, and let's see, acupuncture, acupressure. Um, I do do, um, a fair bit of that. Um, uh, I'm not trained. I was not trained in diagnostics with acupuncture. That's a totally different realm. Um, I worked with, uh, uh, Master Wagro in, um, uh, uh, Beijing University. I worked with, went over there and worked with him for six months. And my acupuncture, acupressure techniques are mainly for pain management um, and pain reduction. So when I use it, that's what I'm trying to focus on. So, you know, we, we know that we can't get a really good rehabilitation therapeutic program going if the horse is hurting. So we've got to manage the pain so that we can get the horse to use whatever um, part of its anatomy that we're trying to get back functional. So when I use uh, acupuncture, acupressure treatments, it's it's mainly for pain management. Um, So... I hope that does that answer your your question. Yeah, just that your question. Does your answer your question on what I? Yes, yes. No, I mean, I, I that answered a whole lot of my questions. Yeah, because that's it's very. I mean, each 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 one has a very different. Um, it it does. It yeah, has it, it has a very yeah. it has a very different uh, results that which are, yeah. which you're using it for. You get different results now. You know, and and I've seen some people that have thrown the kitchen sink, you know, 
at the horses and hoping that something sticks. So what kind of common issues do you see most frequently in dressage horses? Usually uh, sacroiliac issues um, <laughs> and suspensory issues. So those are usually the main two. Sometimes I see some uh, thoracolumbar pain. Not not rarely, but yeah, but some sacroiliac regions uh, area. And it could be, you know, it could be a strain. Um, it's hard to say. That's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a hard area to yeah. even access. Yeah. So usually if I suspect it, so if I suspect it just from the history, um, and a lot of times you can see it when the horse is being ridden more so than if it's not. So in hand might not, yeah, you might not see uh, any, any issues, you know, like they, they would have bunny hopping and, and not engaging, but you'll see that when the person is riding. Right. Um, a lot of times I will, if the owner can, I would, I would ask for them to get a veterinarian come in so that he can uh, give me a true sure. uh, diagnosis that it is a sacroiliac, you know, uh, strain. So, yeah. and they can, mm-hmm. they can do that. Um, you know, they can, they can go in with their, with their ultrasound um, through the, uh, um, rectum, um, because that, you know, that joint is up underneath the pelvis yeah, and it's surrounded by all of these muscles. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, me poking around the top, um, (laughs) like a lot, you know, I see a lot of people do. And I said, well, that's, that's really is not telling me anything. So I need to see what those ligaments look like because a lot of times maybe it's just uh you know one of the one of the three ligaments um that are surrounding that joint maybe that's what the issue is maybe it might be a fracture i don't know right um maybe the horse fell or did the splits or something <laughs> like that and you know, it might it might be more than just a strain. It might actually be a fracture. So, having um, a definitive diagnosis that that's you know the SI area is is the issue will actually help me decide what I you know what I need to do um, if I can do anything. Right. So, do um, you have exercises or things that people can use to help strengthen that area? Uh, core. Okay. Core. So I always say core, 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 core. So straight. Rider and horse. Yeah. I was going to say answer to everything, I guess. Yeah. Rider both. Core strength. Core strength. Core strength. Yes. And that's, and everybody says, oh, and I said, you got to strengthen the core. Um, Otherwise a horse is going to start carrying himself. Uh, poorly, and then it's going to stress that area. So, right. um, you know, going over going over ground poles, and I and I like to do uh, gradual height increases. So, it, and not trotting. I'm talking walking. So you're walking over these ground poles, and uh, you're going to ask the horse to gradually, as you as you grade those poles higher and higher, to step over them. Without jumping, no jumping, uh, just stepping <laughs> no jumping. over. So we're <laughs> no. just going to step over them. We're going to step over them. Um, slow canters also help um, um, engage. So trotting doesn't really uh, mm. help. So I sort of, and people are, so, oh, no, I said, no, no trotting. Walking and slow cantering. Um, are going to be um, good things that are going to help strengthen that area. Um, you can also do um, stretching um, exercises, um, like uh, what do they call carrot stretches? Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Um, those are actually Kara stretches are really good if you do them properly. That's the that's the big thing. I usually have to show people actually how to do them because horses will cheat and they'll turn, but they drop their heads down and around, and that's not strengthening their core. They're cheating. <laughs> so you want to make sure when you're asking them to bend laterally like that, that their head stays parallel as close to the back top line as possible. Mm. And then that's going to strengthen those abs. That'll help strengthen those abdominal muscles up underneath there. Um, what, others, what other exercises? I do the, the chin to the chest. That's another one um, that they can do. Or chin to the carpus. Um, or chin to the fetlock, or actually all three of those um, also also help. Uh, without the horse stepping, you know, you don't want the horse stepping behind or or in, or in front. The horse needs to stay stationary. We're just asking for the head and neck um, so that we'll pull those core muscles up. Yeah. But, uh, it's yeah. all about the core. <sighs> yeah, it is. The people, yeah, I tell them it's it's. Yeah, we know, right? Because, you know, we I do. know when my when my lower back is killing me, I know. <laughs> it's yep, it's it's your core. Your core it's is my weak. Core. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and this might be a little bit of a loaded question, but how much have you seen saddle fit impact horses issues? Um, yeah, that's a that's a loaded question. Um <laughs> Uh, well, I tell you, you, I don't know if I have seen it, um, like I said, because usually when I'm called out, it's after they have exhausted everything else. Yeah. Um, but I know that saddle pack, saddle, uh, saddle fitness can, or saddle fit can impact soundness right. on the horse. It can, um, because if if your saddle does not fit the horse. So I tell people, I said, I'm, I'm not a saddle fitter, but I know where it's supposed to fit. Right. So if that, that saddle needs to be a mirror image of your horse's back. So if it's not, that it's not, it's not fitting properly. And then you're going to be creating pressures. Um, and after a while, like I see your horses are, horses are very good at compensating and they may compensate for a very, very, very long time mm. before they show you that I've got bruising. You know, there's bruising going on under my skin. There right. are, and there's bruising going on in my muscles. Um, I've been, you've been cutting off my circulation for months now. And, you know, now my muscles are atrophied in, in these in these different spots from where the, the saddle's been affecting me. So, um, yeah, it can, <laughs> it, it, it definitely can, um, affect, um, a lot of the muscles and the ligaments that it's, it's sitting on. Right. Um, and, uh, and then ultimately indirectly that's going to affect the abdominal muscles. Right. So, sure. um, you know, if the horse is hurting, along those uh, long muscles along the back because you've had pressures from an ill-fitting saddle, um, then it's not going to use those abdominal muscles to lift because that hurts. Right. Right. So it's, it's going to hollow its back out. Um, and instead of using those, contracting those abdominal muscles to lift its back, it's not going to do that because, hey, if my, abdom- if, if my abdominal muscles contract and they lift my back up that hurts so i'm not gonna do that sure mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes perfect sense yeah <laughs> i don't do things that hurt either yeah <laughs> nope they're not gonna do that and then you know then you see you know they start losing their top line or they right. get that little distinctive dip behind the withers yeah because those muscles have atrophied so um yeah Well, I want to change gears a little bit. And you had the good fortune to attend two different Olympic Games. So, yeah. So (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about your experiences there and and what you did? 
Um, yeah, sure. So the first one was in Atlanta. That was the Atlantic Games, and that and was a, that was I a had, few years ago. Oh uh, yeah, what was that? 90, <laughs> 90, 90, 96, I don't I think ninety six. Yes, ninety six. Oh I was gosh. there. You, you were, were there? there. I was there. Um, so I that's, 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 that's when I was probably ten. I was ten pounds ten pounds lighter, <laughs> and I didn't have any gray hair. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I got into that with the great fortune of meeting uh, Mimi Porter. Um, and I don't know if you know her. She's she's from Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. And so, and she actually was the one, and I'm going to give kudos to her. She was actually the one that got me geared up and interested in uh, this um type of work that I'm doing now. Right. And I and and because she came out my my uh thoroughbred um gelding at the time um fractured his shoulder. So and so he was on stall rest and uh, when he was released, of course he had all this atrophy on that and I called her out because uh, she was one of the only people in our area that did uh rehab uh, complementary therapy and she came out and uh, she did some electrical stimulation and some other exercises to help bring him back and then she was the one that actually took me with her to the Atlanta uh, games okay. so I was actually working with her as her assistant um, and we did the way that the way that they set up there is different than the way that I operate. <laughs> so, I, I, my business, you know, I'll go over the horse and I'll make a suggestion on what therapies I think are going to help. Um, when you're when you're a physical therapist there, you do what they tell you to do. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so if, if this horse needs, this horse just needs some, you know, massage work, but I just want it over the the hind quarters. Okay. <laughs> That's what you do. So, um, so I was there, um, in Atlanta and then she introduced me to a few people and I just sort of kept in touch and I, and I go as a volunteer, so I'm not paid. Gotcha. Um, I'm not paid by anybody. Um, and, um, then I had the opportunity to go again in London, uh, at the, what was that? 2012, yeah. um, was in London. And again, I was a volunteer there. Um, and I stayed as long as I could afford to stay. <laughs> I, I stayed, <laughs> I stayed with the host, host family. Um, but I, I usually am only there to work on the, on the cross country um, horses. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, I don't get, uh, that my time there, I don't get to into, into the, uh, dressage, uh, barn or the jumpers, uh-huh. the jumpers. Um, but I do do the cross country ones. And, um, so, and then I, you know, while I'm there, um, and I go to work on somebody, is you still get to see um, a couple of the other teams. I think I was real excited um, in, at the London Games when I actually got to see the Swedish team work out. And I was just like, ah, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching them. And, you know, and then you get a you get a page that you need to go to, you know, oh. you know yeah, so and so. Who was whose stall was it? Uh, Twizzle, I think, was I, that was a horse's name. Twizzle. Uh, you know, go to Twizzle stall for his uh, morning, morning uh, <laughs> massage. And oh. so, um, but yeah, so that's what I, that's what I do. That's um, cool. I'm kind of a, you know, I'm, I'm game to do whatever they want me to do. I think right. um, I was helping move feet around, <laughs> anything just to, <laughs> just to, just to you know, be there, just, just to be there yeah. and get to chat with people. Um, I think um, just before the, I tell you the story, just before the, the London games, I was there in um, uh, Liverpool 
So I was in Liverpool at a um, convention or conference, um, and we were talking about different uh, physical therapy type work on on horses. And that was just before the games started. And I was talking, we were at uh, Antry at the racetrack. Oh, sure. Yeah. And um, I was out there and I don't remember the lady's name who I was talking to. um, But we were out there and she was giving me the history of the racetrack and everything. And then it was just she and I were out there looking. And then all of a sudden, here comes this gentleman walking down the steps. And I look and I'm like looking and I'm like saying in my back of my head, that's Mr. Peters. Is that Stephen Peters? <laughs> I think that's who that is. <laughs> oh my God, he's coming down here. So he knew her. And I cannot remember her name, but he knew her. Yeah. And he was all excited. He came down there. He says, oh, you know, I got picked you know, for the dressage team for the right. for the Olympics. And she said, like, you knew you weren't going to get picked, you know, yeah. like, oh. So she introduced, she said, let me introduce you to, and of course I'm like, hi. <laughs> I think that was all that came out of my mouth. A little star like, struck. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, that's what I did. And, and hopefully uh, this year, um, I'll get there for, I, I can only afford a week, um, this year. Um, so we'll see. So you, do you think you'll get to go to Paris then? I hope so. Yeah. I'm shooting for, I'm shooting for like the 21st through the 29th of July. Yeah. Um, so. Well, you'll have to keep us posted. <laughs> I will. <laughs> How fun. I will. So if people want to learn more about, well, I'm sh- they already have learned a lot of what you do, but if they want to get in touch with you personally, how, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, they can either, uh, I have a Facebook page. Um, what is that? It will say Powell Equine Canine Therapy Services. That's a mouthful. Yeah. So pe- PECS for short, P-E-C-T-S for short, PECS for short. Um, and they can like that uh, or they can email me. Um, email address is PECS, P-E-C-T-S, Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L, the number one at AOL.com. Okay. So, yeah. Well, this has been a very informative conversation. Did you learn anything, Aviva? I did. I did. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to this when it comes out so that I can get more because I'm sure I, I missed something. <laughs> this is a, it's a multi-listen to absorb all of information. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Do you travel to, to places? I travel. Persons? Yeah. I travel okay. any place that somebody wants me to come. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it, it all depends on how much money they're willing to spend yeah. on my travel. So I usually tell people, I said, if you want to absorb some of my travel costs, try to get as many people as possible when I'm in the area. And yeah. then you can split that cost yeah. amongst, you know, amongst you. But yeah, I, I, I travel Wherever I don't really have, I don't have a uh, a limit on my on my distance. You know, the limit the limit I guess is just on if you really want me to come and yeah. and how badly you want right. me to come out there and 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 uh, you can carry all of I your all of your equipment with you. All of my equipment goes in my truck. Yep, everything okay. comes with me. Uh, I have I have different ladders because I've worked on. But I've got a client in Ohio, and he's got Pertrons, and and his baby, uh, who's only four, is pushing 18 hands Jeez. already. So. And, and to give everybody an idea, how tall are you? I'm only five foot. Exactly. Oh, my. Say, like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, that, that puts it even more in perspective. Yes. Yeah. So I'm only five foot tall. So, you You're know. tiny. What is that? What is that? She uh, is tiny. A little, a little under 15 hands or something <laughs> like that. You're, you know. You're pony sized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I I definitely travel. I go wherever. Um, but but she would she would prefer me. not to come in the snow, Aviva. I don't understand. Yeah, well, that at you know, all. I'm going to be heading back to. It. I'm going to be <laughs> watch. I'm going to be heading back to Ohio because uh, I have had uh, clients uh, texting me wondering when the, <laughs> when I was coming back it, or if I was coming back, and I said yes, I'm coming back, and I said as long as it's not any emergency. <laughs> Uh, if you can hang on, I'll be back in a couple of weeks and we'll get you taken care of. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I thank you for joining us today. And um, we look forward to maybe, yeah, keep let us know if you get to Paris and maybe we can catch up again later in the year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely do that. All right. Well, thanks for chatting with us today. It's been great. Thank you, guys.